The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Hello, Grinders, and welcome to the Fantasy Fix Podcast. I am your host, Travis Mangone, here with a solo pod for you guys. Uh, You're probably wondering, hey, why is Travis here during the week? We got no DFS. That's not true, folks. We got WNBA DFS. And, uh, you know, I've been writing some articles over here uh, at uh, Roto Grinders and uh, asked DB if I could uh, hop on and talk about about WNBA a little bit for you guys. Uh, I did a pretty big write-up on the main site, so you can check it out on my Twitter, at Travis Mangone, or check it out on the Roto Grinders homepage. And... uh, give it a read. So yeah, check that out over there. Or you can listen to this. Uh, I figured I'd do a uh, podcast version too, kind of talk about the slate a little bit, maybe even get a little more in depth on some things uh, on the podcast instead and just talk about the plays and you know what could be a good play, what could be a bad play and how to kind of attack this slate. Uh, the key with this slate is we have some big prize pools over here at FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, we have a $6 tournament, 25 k to first, and we have a $5 tournament, 25 k to first. I mean, these are big prize pools. Uh, I'm sure everyone's going to want to get in on them, and uh, we're playing for first over here, guys. I'm not really playing any cash games or anything like that. I'm playing for, playing for that monster prize pool, and uh, I think you guys should too. Get some action in, dabble in it, uh, and uh, have a good time. Uh, the games start at Wednesday at noon Eastern time so for you guys on the west coast uh, 9 a.m uh so you guys better be ready for that but we get a sweat all day long there's a game at noon game at 12 30 uh other game is i think uh, afternoon game and then we have a 10 p.m game so we got sweats all day long uh so that'll be fun uh something that we can really uh enjoy on the uh on the wednesday slate without uh without any other uh, sports going on so uh how about we dive right into the slate and talk about it a little bit so it's a four-game slate. Normally, WNBA slates are uh, six-game slate, or not six-game slates. Normally, they are uh, two or three-game slates, but we have a four-game slate. These are rare, so these are nice. Uh, just a lot of different variety. Maybe we can get uh, sometimes with you know the two-game slates. There's not a lot of difference in ownerships, right? Between like two stud plays, uh, you know, one of them is going to be seventy percent owned, the other is going to be fifty percent. So uh, that's something I normally like to stress: is uh, pick the guys you like and uh, stick with them. I know ownership does matter, but uh, again, it's about the full construction of the ownership, right? So uh, just be on the lookout for that. But I'm going to give a game-by-game breakdown here. We have no Vegas lines up yet, but uh, I have an idea with the paces and whatnot of how the, which games will be, uh, you know, have a higher uh, total. But let's get started with the first game. The first game we have on this slate, <clears throat> we have San Antonio at Indiana. Uh, I think this will be the lowest total. That's my uh, prediction. We have two teams that are pretty slow pace in the league. Uh, the uh, Stars, I wrote it up here. The Stars are at a, they're like, uh, I think, a third in the league, and then the uh, third worst in the league, and Indiana pace is they're pretty low i think they're the slowest pace but they're bot they're both in the bottom three uh, around there um can't remember which one's which uh off the top of my head right now but they're both very slow paced teams so uh not expecting a ton of dfs 
plays that I want from this game. The, the key is there's value here, right? Mariah Jefferson is going to be out. So that's where uh, I start getting more interested in this game. If Mariah Jefferson was in, the interest would get lower and lower. Uh, so she's in concussion protocol. There's a chance she plays, right? Uh, there's very limited news in WNBA, something you have to keep in mind of. And this is the first game of the day. So uh, just uh, be on the lookout, look on Twitter, you know, do your own Twitter search, Mariah Jefferson, and it should pop up the second that the news is out. Hopefully we get it before tip at noon. But I'm just operating under that she's out. Uh, concussion protocol is a thing that we know uh, can take some time. So I'm just operating that she's out and going to kind of work off of that and, uh, you know, basically think about it as that being the perspective. And hopefully we get the news uh, the news early on. But anyways, uh, for me, uh, with Mariah Jefferson out, uh, Kelsey Plum is my top value on this uh, on this game. Uh, I mean, it's just she's way too way too cheap. Uh, I get it, right? Thirty four hundred is a uh, is a very cheap value, and she hasn't been the greatest. Uh, she's the first. She was the number one pick overall in the draft uh, since Monique Curry got traded. Uh, she has been doing well. She's been getting twenty two minutes, twenty three minutes, twenty six minutes, and averaging in like the mid teens in point in production. Uh, and even in that game against Phoenix, where she had twenty six minutes, she had a thirty percent usage, and that was the first game that uh, Mariah Jefferson missed. Um, the Connecticut and Chicago game, uh, Jefferson was, uh, you know, did play in those games, uh, and those were games where Monique Curry wasn't there. So the with Curry getting traded and uh, Jefferson not being there, I mean, Plum has really taken a big jump up. And for thirty four hundred, uh, I really like her as a really good value play. Also, Alex Montgomery, she's a she's someone else to consider too. Um, Alex Montgomery kind of had an outlier game the first game uh, that. Curry was out when she was kind of becoming a value. Uh, she had an outlier game where she had uh, 10 rebounds, which is just uh, insane for her. That's just not like her at all. So um, essentially, I like Alex Montgomery, right? She's 4,700 on DraftKings compared to Plum, who is 4,100. I think Alex Montgomery is another good value, but um, and she's 4,300 on FanDuel, but Alex Montgomery is a value that I like, but I think I'd go with the cheaper plum instead. That's just my uh, my personal preference, but I'm sure I'm going to have exposure to both. That's just kind of how I'm looking at the two of them at this point. Uh, moving on, I think like another guard to look at is Kayla McBride. Uh, McBride is a is someone that uh, had a really good year last year and uh, worked really well with Mariah Jefferson, and uh, she hasn't taken off like I thought. I mean, she's had some consistent games in like the twenties, uh, but she hasn't. I thought she'd maybe take a higher, uh, you know, more of a bigger step this year. Uh, but anyways, McBride is a girl that she leads the team in field goal, field goal attempts at 12.7. Uh, she also leads the team in usage. Uh, well, yeah, she's uh, one of the higher team in usage at 22.9. It's really close to some of these girls, but 22.9 is a pretty high usage for her. Um, and, you know, she's averaging right now on the season, she's averaging 26.53 DK points, 24.31 Fandle points. I think on Fandle for 5,300, uh, I definitely have a lot of interest in her at that tag is maybe a nice pivot, but I, I, I prefer the values uh, instead. Uh, if I had to pick uh, which stars guards I want, I'd rather get the values in. It seems like uh, my builds so far are going through uh, building a lot of value guards and then jamming in some uh, forward studs. That's currently how my build is going. But again, uh, I want to get exposure uh, to a bunch of these uh, different plays. Uh, but yeah, Kayla McBride is someone I think you can consider as a pivot off those girls. Maybe maybe McBride really gets most of the uh, does most of the damage, and then those values maybe uh, maybe they kind of bust a little bit. You never know. But I like those values. I think Plum is my top value uh, if I had to pick of the guards uh, and just in this game in general. Then there's Isab uh, Isabella Harrison. Uh, she's a really interesting uh, play. She's only 6,900 on DK uh, in a price tier with a, a bunch of other uh, forwards. I kind of like her a lot. Uh, mainly as someone just you only worry about in these tournaments because the upside is absolutely insane. 
uh, on FanDuel. And she has nice upside too. She is only 5,700. Uh, she's next to another person like Breland who can have crazy upside. But again, the downside is there too. Not a nice floor. Um, you know, just I'll read you Isabel Harrison's game logs. I mean, they can be rough. Uh, 12.1, I mean, uh, she has 40-point upside, and not you can't say many people have 40-point upside in the WNBA, especially at these price tiers. Uh, so, man, like Isabella Harrison is someone that I, I'll be sprinkling in my lineups. I'm not, you know, backing it, and I'm not saying, hey, go 100% or anything. I think that's not a good idea. But I think she is someone that you want to sprinkle on your rosters, uh, and you have to understand that there is some risk with her. Uh, but and also a matchup against Indiana, uh, I think it's a good matchup for her. Uh, I think she can definitely thrive in this position. Uh, and it's going to be like more of a uh, slower pace game. Uh, she's uh, kind of a back to the basket, uh, has a decent jumper, you know, can uh, do like the sky hook over people. And I, the rebounds won't be as much there, right? I mean, there'll be rebounds, obviously, but the uh, not, as a, not as much opportunity with the slower pace compared to other games where there's a faster pace where uh, there's obviously more chances for rebounds, right? Uh, but... I think Harrison is a good play in this spot. I'll be sprinkling in my tournaments. The question is, will I be overweight or, or underweight? Uh, or even with the field? I, I don't know yet. But again, I just want to like kind of express like she's one of those girls that uh, she can just go bonkers on a slate. And if you don't have her, you lose. Uh, it's just that simple. But she can also has a has a very low floor. So it depends on where the uh, depends on what I think the industry is going to do with her. Uh, coming off two bad games, uh, that could definitely help out. Uh, so you know that could help maybe drive down the ownership, which is nice. But uh, moving on, that's kind of the star side of the ball. There's not a lot of other players I really am dying to play. Uh, I, I get people may say, oh, Diarce Hamby, maybe her. She has like decent usage, but eh. a lot of these girls I'm just passing on. I think those are mainly the stars that I'm going to look at uh, from San Antonio. Uh, those are mainly the ones to really target on and key, key in on because sometimes when people build their rosters, they might take some of these people like uh, Diarce Hamby and. Uh, uh, who's the other one down here? Uh, you know, a Kayla Alexander or a Sequoia Holmes. People might put these in just because they fit their last spot and they're just not that great of plays. So I'll let other people make the mistakes and just kind of avoid those 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 uh, on my rosters. Uh, moving on, let's head over to the Indiana side of the ball. Uh, Indiana is a team I'm definitely not uh, not in love with on this slate. Uh, Candice Dupree, I mean, she uh, she is just steady Eddie. Gets you, uh, you know, gets you around like 20 to 30 fantasy points if you like it for the tag go for it uh doesn't have that huge upside like someone like a harrison does right but uh, for 5800 sometimes i don't mind in like your construction uh locking in someone at like a decent price tag and just getting hey i'm gonna get you know in the mid 20s and fantasy points and i'll i'll take that and walk away but uh dupree is not someone i'm going to be heavily targeting like 9100 on DraftKings. i'm not super in love with uh, her there, uh, and I don't think she, she, I don't think she's a bad play, but uh, and then uh, on Fanduel two fifty eight hundred, like I said, I just don't see a lot of. Uh, I think she's a good play, but I don't see like her as like a value or anything like that. I think she's a decent play, uh, but there's other people I'd rather play. Like for instance on uh, on uh, Fanduel, I think pivoting to like Glory Johnson's a good idea for only four hundred more. Uh, I think she just has a lot more upside, but. Uh, Dupree, she's one that can easily, you know, she's going to give you probably around in the 20s in fantasy points. And if you like that in your construction and it fits right, go right ahead. But uh, I just feel, I worry about the upside uh, in a matchup against the star slower pace game. Uh, so moving on to the guards. Uh, so Atlanta kind of has a, a plethora of guards that they like to uh, throw out that have a, 
you know, are different are at different price tiers and uh, can do a bunch of different things. Um, so looking at the guards, Erica Wheeler, uh, she's kind of like the consistent one. Uh, has like well has a pretty high usage on the team. Uh, she's someone I'm definitely considering, but at that price tag, I think there's other people I would rather roster. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if I'm definitely going to be uh, going there with her. Uh, Shanice Johnson, she's someone that has sh flashed some pretty big upside, but also some downside. So she's someone that uh, can definitely dud. And in this matchup, I don't not I don't think I'm going to be going over to uh, Shanice Johnson here a ton. Um, I kind of like going to Tiffany Mitchell. She has a pretty large usage on the team, and she's only $3,900 uh, on FanDuel. So that's a decent value with some upside in tournaments. So I don't mind that. Mitchell is also 6K uh, on DraftKings. Uh, so at that price tag, I think uh, there is some profit potentiality. I really like her more so on Fandle. I think that's where she is more of a better play in tournaments. Uh, so I'm going to have some interest in her for sure. Uh, Brand January is someone I'm going to definitely stay away from, not getting any exposure to. She's lost some minutes, really struggled lately, and uh, she's just not getting the usage that I would prefer. I'd rather just go Tiffany Mitchell for 100 less on Fandle. Again, Tiffany Mitchell has struggled a bit, right? The last couple games hasn't really been playing so well, but uh, maybe people stay away from her because of that. And she's shown some upside. She's someone, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not going to go heavily on, I think. Uh, I'd probably prefer, uh, you know, the, the plums and some of the other value guards that, I might, that, you know, that we'll get to. But I think she's someone I definitely want to sprinkle in. Uh, and I uh, think she's like the, if I had to pick one Indian a guard from a point per dollar perspective, it's Tiffany Mitchell. She's going to be the one that I would take. Uh, but yeah, let's head over to the next uh, game. We head over to Dallas at Chicago. Um, we'll start with the, the Dallas side of the ball. So Dallas is uh, Dallas is really interesting. Uh, this is a game that's going to have a very very high um, well not very very high total, but it's going to be a fast paced game. So I expect a lot of a, a lot of DFS goodness in this game. Um, one thing about Dallas is their guards. Uh, I have a lot of interest in their guards in this game. They have a great fantasy matchup against Chicago, who's allowing the most fantasy points per minute to guards uh, at 0.83. Uh, these Dallas guards are guards that I've been getting exposure to all year, have really been riding out and have been doing me well. Uh, the problem is, uh, like I kind of said, my construction so far uh, has been just kind of going for cheaper guards and then trying to gently, you know, get in the higher end forwards. But Skylar Diggins-Smith, I really want to play her for 7300 I mean, she has just been really good this year. 7300 is a is a high price tag, but just listen to these game logs. I mean, they're great. 34.9, 45.5, 23.6, 29.1, 43.1, 27.4, 37.4, 38.4, 39.4. I mean, she's one of the guards that can really get you into the 40 fantasy, uh, 40 fantasy points. Uh, so she's someone I'm going to be uh, be considering. And I also think a lot of people will be looking at these uh, guards and really going for the value there uh, instead. And, and that might give you a different roster construction, starting with a Skylar Diggins-Smith. Uh, so it's some, someone to definitely consider and have her on your radar. I think she's a really good play in a matchup against Chicago. Uh, I also like Alicia Gray. Uh, and you can feel free to play them both together too on top of that. Like, uh, I had someone ask me the other day, Hey, can you play these two together? Yeah, you can. I mean, Diggins, uh, had 34.9 and then 45.5 in the last two games. Uh, and then gray went for 27.5 and 28.8. And those, that, those are great, uh, great production at the price tags they're at. So. Uh, you can play both of them on the same team if you want. Go right ahead. Uh, that can maybe help you be different with your construction. Uh, but Alicia Gray, I like her a lot. She's uh, 5,300 on FanDuel. Uh, she's another guard that I'm definitely going to be uh, looking at rostering on the slate. She's uh, won uh, Rookie of the Month uh, last month. You know, she's just been really starting to get a lot more production and is really, uh, really shined, getting, you know, steady 30 fantasy, uh, 30, 
getting a steady 30 minutes a game and just really uh, crushing getting in like the mid to high 20s every night, low 30s. She's just been, ever since they kind of gave her more of a more of a role in the offense, uh, she has been doing very well for them. So she's someone I like. I like her at 7,700 on DraftKings too. Also like uh, Diggin Smith at 11,400, but that price tag's expensive, but kind of like what I'm saying is it might give you a different construction and that could be key in some of these uh in some of these tournaments. So like uh it's a high price tag on Diggin Smith, I understand that and it's it can be tough to click, but that's just a way to be different with your build. Uh, so just wanted to kind of note that. But I really like Alicia Gray. Uh, I'd probably prefer her the most just because she's cheaper, and I, I normally tend to try and get to uh, cheaper options so I can jam in these stud forwards. That's normally how my construction ends up, and that's just how I am. But uh, I definitely am trying to go out of my way to you know get Diggin Smith on my teams as well. Uh, I also like uh, Karina Christmas Kelly. If you want to go cheaper at guard for her, I don't hate doing that, but there is some volatility there, but she has flashed upside in the past. Can get you 30 fantasy points for a cheaper price tag. Uh, she can do that, but uh, for me, uh, Alicia Gray is like definitely the, uh, the safer option and the one I feel more confident in if I had to pick uh, from a point-per-dollar perspective. But, uh, you know, Diggins Smith uh, leads the league in minutes. She's a monster, too. So all these three guards are, I have interest in. Uh, definitely Diggins Smith and Graham are 1A, 1B, and then uh, we got uh, Christmas Kelly behind them. Uh, moving on, let's head over to the forward position. So there's some forwards to definitely consider on uh, on Dallas in a matchup against Chicago where I think that they can definitely thrive against Chicago. Not the greatest rebounding team. Uh, Glory Johnson is someone that I have interest in. Uh, Glory Johnson, more so on FanDuel than DraftKings. I mean, FanDuel, I mean, I'm... DraftKings, uh, I would definitely consider playing her for uh, 10500 but I really like her on FanDuel. She's 10500 on DraftKings, where Elizabeth Smith Williams is 8600 And then on FanDuel, Glory Johnson is 6200 and uh, Elizabeth Williams is 5800 So it's only 400 more for a Glory Johnson. Uh, and she just shows a lot more upside. And Elizabeth Williams has really like uh, been smashing lately, and mainly due to Sancho Little being out. Uh, Elizabeth Williams is a good play. She's always very consistent, but uh, she normally doesn't show upside like she has recently, and I think people will game log chase that. And instead, I'll go over to someone like Glory Johnson who uh, can actually hit 40 fantasy points, right? Uh, she's done it three times this year. She's coming off of two games where she had uh, 21.6 and 24.9. Uh, and then, you know, she's just someone who has more upside than Elizabeth Williams. And Elizabeth Williams was definitely, uh, it's definitely gotten a higher price tag now. Uh, so you're, you're buying her at a high price. Glory Johnson, you're buying low on. Uh, compared to where she has been. I just think Glory Johnson is the better tournament play, uh, no matter what the results end up being. I think she's the better tournament play on the slate, but and I like her matchup against Chicago as well. Uh, next one up is uh, Teresa Pleasance. Uh, she's someone who... Uh, uh, her price tag has been uh, climbing a little bit. She used to be really cheap. I kind of missed out on her in those games where she got the you know 30 fancy points. And she uh, early on in the year she was struggling a bit. They weren't giving her tons of minutes. Uh, I think because it was due to an injury. Can't remember. Uh, but she wasn't getting a ton of minutes, and now she's getting a lot more minutes. I think she's a decent value. Uh, I might mix her in, but I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do with her. 100% yet, but uh, she's someone that's uh, a candidate to uh, consider rostering for me. Uh, and then some of these other plays like a Kayla Thornton, a Courtney Paris, uh, I just don't think I'm going that route, uh, on this slate. Those are just options. I'm, I don't think I need to be playing. I think there's better, better value around. It's not like I have to make up value, uh, on a slate like this, but, uh, yeah, let's head over to the Chicago side of the ball. Uh, yeah, so Chicago's a really interesting team. Cappy Pondexer is uh, supposed to be out similar like Mariah Jefferson concussion protocol, right? Uh, so with her being in the concussion protocol, 
granted, there's a chance she plays. Uh, she had a tweet that she sent out. Let me pull the tweet up now. She said, thank you all for the, uh, four hours ago, she, she said, thank you all for the thoughts and prayers. Almost there and can't wait to rejoin my team. I truly miss the game and competing. Uh, kind of stinks because this is a 12:30 game. I don't know if we'll get the news in time. Hopefully, we do get the news in time. So be on the lookout tomorrow morning. I'm assuming if news drops, uh, that's when we'll get it. But uh, so yeah, Cappy Pondexter, if she plays, uh, she will have no ownership, uh, which would be great. Uh, I would love to get on her if that's the case. And just to put this in perspective, they had Stephanie Dolson ruled out all day, and she was like had a sickness, but there was. She played like she had a sickness, then she played the next game, and then they the game after they still had her ruled out for the sickness, and it made no sense. And I just kept looking for sources on it, and I was confused. And I was like, I'm just gonna play some Dolson shares because I feel like she's gonna play. So I did play some Dolson shares. Uh, she didn't smash or anything like that, but I got her at 4.7 percent. Uh, on it was either a two or three games late, which is just fantastic to get 4.7 percent on a play like Dolson, uh, who you know basically she leads the team in uh, Fanduel points up. Uh, uh, this, this year. So, uh, an average Vandal point. So, uh, she's someone I definitely, uh, definitely want to be, uh, you know, considering for sure. Um, cause Cappy Pondexter won't have any ownership, uh, that, it, so if she ends up playing, uh, she won't have any ownership. Uh, if, if she's still ruled out, I wouldn't take a chance on it, but I would wait to see if you can get the news. Uh, because I really think that Cappy Pondexter, uh, uh, if he had told me I had to guess and bet on it, it's a concussion. They don't really mess around with those unless they're totally clear about a doctor. So I'm just going to go under. I'm just going to go under the uh, idea that she's not playing, just like Mariah Jefferson. Uh, but uh, I just thought it was worth noting that there could be a giant ownership uh, play on a, someone like Cappy Pondexter because her usage in this offense is, uh, you know, the high, uh, the highest at 23%. Uh, so I would definitely want to have exposure to her. But if she's out, we have tons of values here, right? And something that really worth noting is Courtney Vandersloot. Uh, she was in my article last uh, game. She was like a play that I was all over. Uh, kind of one of my must plays on the slate. Had her 100%, and man, she treated me well with a 49.9 Fandle point game. 26 points, 7 rebounds, 13 assists. Uh, I mean, she just killed it. Uh, she's not typically a high usage player, and she had a 30% usage last game, which is crazy. Uh, and if you look at the usage on the season, Courtney Vandersloot has an 18.7% uh, usage. She's typically not a high usage player, uh, so it was very weird. I think that's more of an outlier, and uh, what I basically said in my article is uh, I think Team Game Theory would go to Allie Quigley. I mean, Allie Quigley is a play that can get you a, a nice uh, mid-30 fantasy point performance. It's kind of her ceiling. She can get you you know, a pretty solid performance. I don't think, don't think she'll burn you. It's mainly if she can knock down the shots. And in a matchup like this, she can definitely knock down the shots, just a matter if she's on or not. Uh, I could easily see her being a more low-owned play to Courtney Vandersloot for cheaper. And I think Quigley is the better tournament play. Uh, the question is, because I know I'm building a lot of lineups, and sometimes I, I kind of have the issue of uh, not taking as much of a stand. i got to kind of not spread myself too thin, right? Uh, but I, I'm scared to, to fade Courtney Vandersloot after that big game, right? Uh, the question is, how much do I want of her? Do I want to be even with the field? Do I want to be lower lower than the field? I doubt I'll go overweight because, like I said, I think ownership is going to be super inflated on her. I really do. Um, so she's someone I'm just going to, uh, you know, basically uh, consider uh, trying to stay away from if I can while I'm building and go to like an alley quickly. Uh, but if you told me one guard, I can only roster one Chicago guard on this slate, it's going to be Tamara Young as long as uh, Cappy Pondexer is out. I mean, Tamara Young has a really nice usage. She's uh, you know, right behind Cappy Pondexer at 21.6% usage. 
Uh, she's someone that has a, you know shoots a lot of field goal attempts. Her field goal attempts this year are at 11.3. Uh, she's shooting, uh, you know, below her field goal percentage uh, average on the year. So I expect that to, you know, uh, pump up. Uh, basically expect it to uh, increase throughout the season. She's someone I want to buy on right now, uh, especially on Fanduel for 4,300. I love that price tag. I think uh, she's a really good, uh, really good value option that I'm going to have some interest in. She's also 6,200 on DraftKings, another great value play. Uh, with Cappy Pontexer out, I think Tamara Young is a really solid value, and she's probably my favorite point per dollar uh, Chicago uh, guard if I had to pick. So yeah, those are mainly the guards I'm looking at. None of the other ones really uh, give me a ton of interest. Uh, Michaela Eeps, uh, she just doesn't get minutes, right? Uh, a lot of these people who don't get minutes just have to uh, let others kind of maybe take and uh, make mistakes on. Even if they look a little enticing as a contrarian option, it's just they're not going to get the minutes uh, but moving on to the forwards, uh, we'll talk about Stephanie Dolson. Uh, she's someone, so her and Breland are really interesting. They're, they're two players that can really flash some really big upside when they get going and the, the Chicago will kind of go, you know, go back and forth to them uh, and just really feed them down low. Uh, but I think what ends up happening is I think this turns it more to a Breland game. Uh, I also like buying more low on Breland because she's cheaper. That kind of makes me uh, more interested in her normally. But I think it's going to be a Breland game. I expect this to be a real up-and-down type of game. And uh, with it being an up-and-down type of game, Jessica Breland's like a real energy type player uh, on the board. So she kind of is really scrappy can get in there and get boards. And she also has a pretty nice jumper. Uh, I have interest in going uh, Breland instead. If you told me uh, you can only play one on the slate, Breland or Dolson, I'm going with Breland, uh, but I could see mixing uh, mixing in Dolson and mixing in Breland on your teams. Uh, I don't hate, it's not like I hate the play of Dolson, right? But uh, if you're telling me to take a stand, uh, you know, take a stand, Dean. Uh, if I'm taking a stand, it's I would have to take it on Breland, uh, you know, if I'm only making one or two rosters. But I will, I I would, I, would, I would think I'm going to get exposure to both of them on this slate. Uh, it just depends on how much uh, it could be. But that's about it. Uh, and uh, Imani Boyet, she show, she's shown that she can get some you know decent fantasy point games for uh, a cheap price tag, but this is not the right spot for her, in my opinion. Uh, only only way she uh, gets any production is if one of these uh, Dolson or Breland gets in foul trouble and then she tears it up, but uh, that's unlikely for that to happen. Moving on, let's head over to the uh, Connecticut-Seattle game, which is a really interesting game. has a lot of options that I kind of want to pay up for, a lot of, a lot of interesting plays, so uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, let's head over to the Connecticut side of the ball. Uh, really, like, there's like three players on this team that are just kind of like studs. Uh, Jasmine Thomas, Alyssa Thomas, and John Quell Jones. I mean, they have been beasts this year. Uh, they are, there are options I'm really, really interested in on this slate. All three are uh, are good plays. I think Jasmine Thomas is a good play against Seattle. Seattle, uh, Jewel Lloyd, and Sue Bird, I'm really not worried about their defense. They're not that great at guarding guards. Uh, Jasmine Thomas had a career-high game her last game, 29 uh, points. So uh, I could see Jasmine Thomas having another good game here. Uh, she's one of the few guards that can actually get 40-point fantasy upside. So she's someone that I have interest in for sure for 6500 uh, I like that price tag. Uh, and then Jasmine Thomas, again, she's the second highest on DraftKings for 9900 uh, I just Why play Diana Taurasi when you could play Jasmine Thomas for 300 more on DraftKings? It just makes no sense to me, in my opinion. So uh, for me, Jasmine Thomas is, uh, is someone I'm going to have a ton of interest in. Uh, moving on to the forward. So this is where I really wrestled and went back and forth on. Uh, Alyssa Thomas is... is Alyssa Thomas is really good. Uh, she has a nice usage uh, on this team. Let me pull up the usage percentage now on the this team. Hang on one second. 
Okay, so Jasmine Thomas and Alyssa Thomas are two of the highest usage players on this team, right? Uh, Jasmine Thomas uh, is at 23%. Alyssa Thomas is at 23.3%. Alyssa's the forward and Jasmine is the guard. So we talked about Jasmine, now onto Alyssa. Uh, Alyssa, the one thing I love about Alyssa Thomas, and she uh, she's someone who's been good to me lately. I've been riding her for a while. She was a lot cheaper than 7800 on Fandle, and her price tag keeps going up and up, but for good reason. Uh, she's just such a safe option. Uh, someone I'm definitely going to have interest in. Uh, I do worry because uh, Seattle has Seattle has been better against uh, against forwards than center. So I kind of think John Quell Jones. She's more of the center on this offense, and I kind of think John Quell Jones could really thrive instead. Uh, you know, you look at the last game against Seattle, and hey, Alyssa Thomas had 35.5 uh, fantasy points, which is great, right? Uh, very very great outing in 32 minutes. But John Quell Jones. She only played 25 minutes and had 29.5 fantasy points. And uh, the reason why is John Cole Jones got in serious foul trouble in that game. Uh, it was just like right off the bat. And uh, Brianna Stewart was like quoted that she was like doing her best. Like kind of one of the goals of the team was to go after John Cole Jones and get her in foul trouble. John Cole Jones is a second year player. Uh, she's someone that when she doesn't keep her hands to herself, she can take herself out of the game. But uh, when she's in the game, she can absolutely beast it up. Uh, against a team like Seattle who uh, can struggle on the boards and uh, is struggling mightily against centers, uh, I, I think I'm going to end up going... I'm going to have exposure to all three of these girls. I'm going to have exposure to Alyssa Thomas. Uh, I'm going to have exposure to Jasmine and John Quell Jones. I think I'm going to go more on John Quell over Alyssa. It hurts me to say because Alyssa's been good to me, but Alyssa's getting priced up. Uh, she The one thing that's great about Alyssa, too, is she has so many different outs, right? She, uh, she controls the ball. She can shoot a lot. Gets rebounds. She assists. She does a lot, but uh, I think John Quell Jones is going to be the route I go. I'm going to hope she doesn't get in foul trouble. Uh, for similar price tags, I think she's the one I'm going to have more interest in. Again, it's it's tough for me to say because the, the numbers are telling me John Quell and my heart's telling me Alyssa. Uh, but Alyssa Thomas, uh, she has been great this year. I even wrote in my article, I was listening to one of the games, and they said uh, Alyssa is someone who just like uh, has modeled her game after LeBron James as much as she can and like studies the film of her. Uh, so she, you know, just if anyone who's trying to play like a bra and I, you know, in fantasy, I want to have, right? So I think all three of these are really good plays in a game against Seattle that I think is going to be super competitive. Uh, some of these games can blow out sometimes, right? Uh, and if they blow out, uh, we lose, we could lose, say like the fourth quarter, it's ugly. We lose about eight to 10 minutes of action. That's 25% of the game that you're losing. That's just a lot of, a lot of, a lot to lose. Not like the NBA where you only lose like maybe six minutes. If it gets ugly in the WNBA, sometimes you can lose, uh, you know, the whole fourth quarter if it just becomes a barn burner. I know that this Seattle Connecticut game will probably not become a barn burner. This will be a game uh, that should be really interesting, uh, pretty competitive. It might be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, so uh, it's a three o'clock game. So uh, I would uh, definitely check that one out. I think it should be a fun one to watch. Uh, there's other people like in the net Kaiser, uh, you know, you can, she's, she has a good usage cause she was really, uh, doing, she's like a high usage bench player and she had a lot of usage at the start of the year, but, uh, they're really just working her back. Uh, she's off of a back injury, which those are really frustrating. Uh, and she only played, uh, she only played in, you know, all, some of these games just because she has to because of foul trouble and they really haven't like been working her in properly. So I think she's just going to continue to get low minutes. I wouldn't expect her to come back to her old form, but she's someone to watch. Uh, if you, you know, scroll back in the game logs and look, uh, when she does get on the court and plays at the second unit, she gets a ton of usage, but this is just not the, uh, not the right time for her. They're just not working her in properly. So stay away from her. Don't, don't fall into the, fall into that trap in my opinion. 
Uh, but, oh yeah, I didn't talk about some of the Connecticut guards, other ones. There's some other ones to consider. Shakina Strickland, uh, she's more like a spot-up three-point shooter. Uh, she's interesting for 3,800. I think you could go her maybe in a tournament, but, uh, you know, the minutes are pretty consistent there, but there's just not a ton of upside. I think there's better plays at that price tag. And like an Alex Bentley, her too. She's another person that uh, can, she can get you in the high teens for 3,800, but, uh, you know, the minutes are just not enough there. It's just too risky of a play. But, you know, I just figured I'd mention them for you guys. But I, those are two girls that I'm probably not going to be rostering anyways. But figured I'd mention them for you. Oh, yeah, and Courtney Williams. Uh, Courtney Williams you could play, too, for 4800 But, again, like, she's just – there's other players I'd rather play in this price tier, uh, just plain and simple. And uh, Courtney Williams on uh, DK, she's at 7000 There's other people I'd rather play in that price tier. So I can't play everyone, right? I uh, just can't. Uh, and uh, if Courtney Williams beats me and some of these other guards that uh, I don't expect to have huge games, uh, so be it. Uh, she's, you know, she's also Courtney Williams has had really two nice games in a row, so maybe there'll be some ownership on her, and maybe she'll Dudman uh, kind of help me out. So, uh, yeah, that's about it for the Connecticut side of the ball. Let's move over to Seattle. Um, looking at Seattle, uh, man, we are getting Jewel Lloyd at a really, really cheap price tag. Uh, cheaper than cheaper than I thought she'd get to. Uh, she's been, she was really good to start the year. She was probably overperforming, to be honest. I mean, she was just absolutely smashing, but, uh, you know, that was Brianna Stewart was out a bunch of games, but uh, she's kind of, you know, Stewart has taken some usage from her, but Stewart, like Lloyd still has a really good usage. Uh, been having a good year this year. Uh, but basically from my write-up, what I said, I want to like read it because it's good. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed what I wrote there. It said, Jewel Lloyd has been struggling recently, but we are getting her at a cheaper for 5900 and 8300 on uh, DK. Lloyd has been getting uh, lessons from Kobe Bryant. So the question is, do you want exposure to an underpriced high usage player that is ranked fifth in the league in shot attempts? Uh, I shouldn't have to answer that for you, but the answer is yes. Uh, that, that's just mainly it, right? Uh, we're buying low on a player. Uh, that's normally costing like the 6Ks. We've seen her in the 7Ks on FanDuel. So we're buying low on a player that shoots a lot and has a high usage. Uh, I just think it's a it's a good opportunity. I think we should go there. And I expect this to be a pretty competitive game. And I think uh, Jewel Lloyd will definitely be uh, in the mix a lot in this game. They really... Uh, really put up a lot of production for the team so i will want exposure to jewel lloyd uh, i don't want sue bird on DraftKings. sure i think you could buy sue bird right she's 5300 on fandle there's other players i'd rather roster than her uh sue bird on DraftKings though 7200 that's a lot more enticing uh, if you look at sue bird 7200 next to clarendon who i don't mind is uh having some uh pretty good upside but like courtney williams near Christmas, near Sykes and Gray. Like I said, I like some of those plays there, but uh, Sue Bird is someone that uh, I think could be contrarian because of this. Uh, she's she's definitely a popular name, so I'm curious if uh, people gravitate to her because she's a UConn player and uh, kind of was talked a lot about on ESPN when she was in college, right? Uh, but Sue Bird, I could see her more on DK because that price tag is cheaper and you get a three-point bonus too, and she's someone that just she jacks up a lot of threes. Uh, you know, she's going to shoot up at least uh, you know four threes a game. So, and she's someone with the three-point bonus that always helps out. Uh, and you know, she's one of those players that if she can get going, obviously uh, from uh, shoot, shooting the ball uh, from downtown, uh, she could really put up a massive game. So she's someone I'd rather just sprinkle in in uh, on DraftKings, and uh, I'll just probably fade her on FanDuel, and uh, hopefully the, the the other plays that I like at that price tier will uh, will work out for me. But uh, that's about it for the guards. Let's head over to the forwards where uh, we have some interesting options. There's uh, three I'll, I'll really talk about. Uh, the first one is Brianna Stewart. Uh, Brianna Stewart is someone who uh, definitely struggled to start the year, but she's definitely gotten it right lately. Uh, really just having some pretty massive games. 
39.5, and 37. Uh, those are her last four FanDuel games. I mean, she has been on a heater. Uh, scoring over 20 fan, uh, twenty real-life points in every game, really just gonna snagging a ton of rebounds. She is someone that uh, I'm definitely scared to fade. Her price tag is getting higher. Uh, I'm definitely going to have to get some exposure to her. I don't know where my exposure is going to go on her, but uh, she's someone I haven't really gotten right a ton this season. Uh, she's burned me. Uh, I've been on other plays at times. I think on FanDuel specifically, uh, if you told me I'm only building one lineup tomorrow, uh, say I'm only building one, you know, last dollar I have to play. I'm playing Brittany Griner over Brianna Stewart for 500 more. Brittany Griner, in my opinion, is the top play uh, on this slate. Uh, she's the top play a lot, and for good reason. Uh, her price tag shows it. If you can jam her in, sure. Uh, I don't think you need to on a four-game slate. It's not definitely necessary, but... Uh, I mean, Brittany Griner is just someone who uh, can get you 50, 60 fantasy points, right? She can absolutely dominate. Uh, she's one of the few that can get you 50 fantasy points. The upside is huge there in a great matchup. So I would rather play Griner over Stewart if I could only play one team. But again, Stewart is someone who's on a heater and uh, I've kind of missed the boat on. So maybe I won't be as uh, heavily on her. But uh, that shouldn't mean that you guys aren't as heavily on her. She's just someone that uh, can absolutely smash in this spot, uh, has a really high usage on this team. Uh, puts up a ton of shots, a really talented player. So Brianna Stewart is someone to consider, but for me, uh, I'd prefer Brittany Griner for 500 more on FanDuel. Uh, on DraftKings, uh, you know, it's a little bit more of a conversation with it being an $800 difference, but uh, I'm sure I'll have exposure to both these players. Uh, but uh, the question is, uh, I think, I think, uh, I think I'll have more on, uh, I think I'll have more on um, Brianna, uh, Brittany Griner than uh, Stewart if I had to pick. But uh, it's something I'm still obviously working out and tinkering with lineups and whatnot because I'm playing a bunch on the slate. But moving on to other forwards, there's some others to consider on this team on Seattle. Uh, you can play a, uh, a Crystal Langhorn. I think there's other plays that have higher upside. That's the problem. Uh, you can play a uh, Isabel Harrison, a Jessica Breland. There's other forwards that do have higher upside, in my opinion. So I kind of struggle to play Langhorn. Uh, she can be consistent, though, which sometimes consistency is a good thing. But I can see myself passing on these other forwards, like a Crystal Langhorn. Uh, and then we have, uh, where's the other one? Oh, uh, I, Alicia Kirk, uh, Clark for only 4K. I have some interest in her on FanDuel. Uh, for 4K, it's a pretty cheap, pretty cheap tag. I think you could get away with her over there. On DraftKings, it's a little different. Um, Langhorn is 6,800 and Clark is 52. So like 52 on DK seems really appealing too because there's in that price tier, there's, man, there's not a ton to love uh, around there. But uh, these are forwards that uh, I might might get exposure to, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, they're kind of like probably two plays that might be on the outside looking in. There's just other forwards I think I'd rather have uh, more exposure to on the slate. But Moving on to our final game of the slate, uh, we have the we have Atlanta against Phoenix. Uh, Atlanta is an interesting team. Sancho Little has been out a bunch of games, but she is back now. Um, that is definitely going to hurt the team. Uh, Elizabeth Williams is a good you know she's been she's someone that uh, has been a really consistent a consistent fantasy point player. Really just hits hits a lot in the twenties. Uh, uh, she's a, someone that I would have interest in, but she man she draws a really tough matchup against Brittany Griner, right? Uh, I've been riding out this streak with Sancho Little being out, but now she's too high of a price tag for me. 
I think I might do a full fade on her. I get she can be, uh, you know, have a good performance. Uh, she has shown upside in the past couple games, but that was a little out. Uh, I just think it's a good fade on Elizabeth Williams. And if she beats me, she beats me. And I'll just move on to another slate uh, because I think Brittany Garner is a really tough matchup uh, for sure. Uh, Sancho Little is someone that uh, I doubt I'll end up playing a bunch of. I'm not a huge fan of her. She, uh, I need the price tag to go down a little bit. And even like a, a Damaris Dantas, the problem is uh, with Dantas, uh, Dantas was 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 doing decent with uh, Little back, but nah, she's not as she's just not going to have the value there with, uh, with Little being there. Moving on to the guards, where there are a ton of guards alike on Atlanta. Uh, there's just a bunch to play. Uh, we have Tiffany Hayes, who uh, you know you can easily play. Uh, she's six six sixty one hundred on uh, Fanduel and eighty four hundred on DraftKings. Probably have more interest in her on DraftKings. Uh, made the All Star game. Uh, she can have some pretty big performances, but I think there's just other plays I'm going to gravitate to. Like I think I'd rather play Laisha Clarendon. Uh, she's just shown more upside. Like she's someone that can really smash. Uh, she's had really two good games. Uh, the problem I have with her is I'm wondering if ownership's going to be up there. Like if you look at her Fanduel game log, and I'm wondering if other everyone, everyone looks at it and they see oh 47.6 and 30.4. Uh, if I'm worried about ownership getting up there, uh, which if that's the case, I could see myself being underweight on her mainly because of that, but she has shown a ton of upside. Uh, I really like Brittany Sykes too. Brittany Sykes has been like a really nice consistent option. Uh, she's also flashed uh, some decent upside. She's a rookie. She started really getting uh, started really getting a ton of minutes, and since she's been getting those minutes, I mean, she's been great. Uh, it started on uh, June 23rd, 28 minutes, 34 minutes, 33 minutes, 26 minutes, 34 minutes, 32 minutes. That's where she's just been starting to get really consistent minutes, and she's been playing really well. 35.8 fantasy points, 27.8, 31.8, 18.8, 28.8, and 33.6. Uh, she is someone that, uh, I mean, I definitely have some interest in and be considering uh, for sure. I'll pass on the Bria Holmes and some of these other options. Uh, I know Bria can flash the upside, but I, I, if I'm going to play any of these, uh, I have a lot of guards that I have interest in owning the value tier. And uh, if I'm going to play any Atlanta guards, it's going to be more of the expensive ones, I think, for me. Uh, moving on to forward. Oh, no, sorry. I already talked about the uh, Atlanta forward. So let's move on to Phoenix, uh, the last last team on the slate. Uh, we have Brittany Griner. Uh, the top play on the slate, in my opinion, it, from just like a raw point standpoint, uh, I think she will crush in this spot. Uh, Brittany Griner, I'll just read my write up. She, you know, she should dominate Atlanta on the boards, going up against the second worst team in the league at rebound percentage and team with the fastest pace in the league. Uh, and uh, Phoenix is at seventh in uh, in pace, so this is a definitely a nice pace up game for Phoenix. Griner's also ranked sixth in the league in rebounds per game, and I expect an easy double bu- double bonus for her in the future on DraftKings in this matchup. The question with Griner is, uh, will you will you have the money to pay for her? And with so many value guards to consider, uh, will you even want to? Uh, will you even be able to afford it? Right? I think you'll be able to afford it with all the value guards. Uh, I think this is a great matchup for Griner and has one of those massive games. Uh, you are going to need her if she does have one of those massive games. You are like you're just going to need her. Um, uh, so I would want to have exposure to her if I'm making a bunch of lineups. So I wouldn't be uh, full fading Brittany Griner. I think that would be a scary spot to be on on this slate. Uh, so make sure to get some Griner exposure. Uh, I'm gonna try my best to be overweight uh, because I like her a lot. And just uh, problem is I feel like she'll be a high owned play, right? Uh, she's someone that uh, everyone just looks at the box score and goes, "Wow, look what she can do." But it's she is someone that you know she can absolutely dominate a slate, and you will need her to win. So. Uh, Griner is my top, uh, my favorite play on this slate. If I had to pick one in this matchup, it's a great spot for her. Uh, moving on to uh, some of the other options, like I could see going Camille Little. Uh, I, 
she had a really bad last game, and I think that's something something uh, you can definitely use your advantage. People see the two point four and wonder what happened and went on, but uh, she's someone that has been doing really well in the last like uh, you know eight games. She just kind of cranks out those uh, twenty point fantasy games. And five uh, k on five uh, k, I don't really like her a ton on uh, on Fanduel as much. I think there's other plays you can go to for a little bit more. But Camille Little uh, for six k on DraftKings, I definitely have some interest there in uh, looking at her. Uh, but yeah, that's about it for the forwards. The last one is the guards, right? The guards on this Phoenix team. I, I don't get why everyone plays Diana Taurasi. Uh, it's probably the name, right? Uh, but I'm not a big fan of her. She's 9,600. Uh, she's kind of old and she just doesn't really have a ton of upside. Sure. She gets you, uh, you know, she'll get you 20 fantasy points or so, you know, in like the mid twenties and like low thirties, but like for 9,600, uh, she's just, she's a similar play to like a Tiffany Hayes, who I would just rather have instead. Right. Uh, who's less money, uh, Jewel Lloyd, similar play to her too. I'd rather just have her cheaper. You know, these other value guards I talked about, like I just think Tarasi's an easy fade. And I think because of the name alone, that could also drive up for ownership. Because some of these, some people who are just going to be playing this because they have nothing else to do, they're going to be like, oh, I know the name Diana Tarasi. Let me plug her in. I know Brittany Griner. Let me plug her in. Uh, just some of these popular names uh, people might just plug in. So I'm just going to go on a fade of Diana Tarasi and hope it doesn't burn me. Uh, and I don't think it will. I don't think she'll be someone. She's someone who could have a good game, but I don't won't need her to win. I don't think she'll be someone where I need to have her to win the slate. So that's kind of my plan with Tarasi. Uh, and then the last, there's a couple other options like Monique Curry. So she's someone that when she uh, when she gets the, she just got traded to the uh, to the Phoenix, and when she kind of gets the minutes uh, and the usage, I mean, she can absolutely smash and just uh, splash from downtown, kind of like Steph. Uh, not totally like Steph, but you get what I'm saying. She's someone that can shoot the ball really well and just kind of rack up points quickly. Uh, if you look at her past game logs, uh, you know she's she can she can easily do that. That was when she was the Liberty, and the Liberty were having some uh, issues with uh, injuries and players playing overseas. So uh, she really took advantage of that and. Um, I do just worry about the minutes for Curry. I know Curry has the upside, and if she gets going, it might be harder to take her off the court, but it's a very risky play. Uh, but it's just something I wanted to worth noting with her that she uh, could easily be on the winning team with that. And uh, maybe someone I just get, like, uh, put her on a couple teams just because. But that's about it for her. And then Danielle Robinson. Uh, Danielle Robinson, she's someone, too, that, uh, you know, she's kind of – it just depends who's going to get the minutes between her and Curry. And I think uh, – each of them will have the opportunity for a cheap price tag to have a nice game in the, you know, with around 20 fantasy points. And for that price tag, you'll take that and you'll move on. So she's someone else that I think you can consider as a tournament option on this, uh, on this, uh, Phoenix team. I don't think I'll play Liliana Mitchell. Uh, she was more so thriving the past couple games because of some, uh, you know, injury situations and whatnot. So I'm not, I'm just not going to mess around with her. And like Alexis Prince, she's someone that's just getting no minutes because she's a rookie and Stephanie Talbot, eh, another person that, uh, I just don't, I know she's get, she'll get, she'll get in the mid 20 minutes sometimes, but sometimes she won't just too risky of a play for me. And I think there's better options at that same exact price tier that I'll just take a chance on instead. So, uh, that'll about wrap up the slate guys. Uh, thanks a lot for, uh, uh, you know, joining me to listen about it. Uh, check out my article if you prefer that over the podcast. I mean, if you stayed here and listened, then you obviously uh, enjoyed, I would hope. Uh, and let's win some money on this big slate, man. We have massive prize pools. 
Uh, and if you have any questions, hey, give me a follow on Twitter, at uh, Travis Mangone. Uh, it's uh, T-R-A-V-I-S-M-A-N-G-O-N-E. I-, I like answering questions. always enjoy trying to help you guys out and give you my thoughts as much as I can. Uh, but the uh, if, you, if you ask me a couple, uh, you know, if you ask me uh, right before a lock, it can kind of get difficult, and I'll probably be scrambling for some news and scrambling for my lineup to try and help uh, help me out. And, uh, you know, I'll obviously tweet out if I get any breaking news on some stuff, so check that out. So, again, thanks a lot for joining, guys, uh, joining the Daily Fantasy Picks podcast. For me, Travis Mangone, I am out, and enjoy your contests. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Care Centers, you'll get a $75 prepaid Visa card when you spend $250 on Napa brake parts, which is cause to celebrate. Because normally the sound of screeching brakes means your bank account's about to take a hit. But getting $75 back makes that hit not so bad. Quality parts installed by the pros. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Care Centers. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 63019.